it is Thursday, April 15th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Um, Rose Namajunas has been digging herself a hole in advance of UFC 261 by making some, to be blunt, their stupid, stupid statements about Wiley Zhang and her, that, the, the Chinese Communist Party, and she's put a, a lot of anger and misplaced hatred towards Wiley Zhang um, because some things that happened in her family in the early 1900s with the Communist Party, not the Chinese Communist Party, but the Communist Party in general. And it's misplaced, it's silly, and it, it, it just makes no sense. It's, it, it's, I don't, I, I can't really put it into words how, how stupid it is to me to hear these things and for her to double down on them and, and just dig this hole deeper and deeper and, and promote a hatred for an individual who had nothing to do with what happened to her family. It, it, it's nonsensical. And I know we in the MMA community often like to poke fun at Brendan Schaub, and I do that. I do that as well because sometimes he has bad takes, and I'm sure people think, well, I know people think I have bad takes, so, and I get the same kind of shit that he gets. So if I mattered at all to him, I'm sure he would say some things about me, but he's not going to bother with me because... Why the hell would he? But, so yeah, I mean, I, I like to give him a hard time. Well, I don't like to, I just do. And, but when he says something that makes sense, I'm going to give him credit. And in a recent edition of, um, I, I don't, one of his, uh, oh, the Below the Belt podcast, he said a lot of things that made sense. And I, I'm, I'll go over what he said because it puts it into, a pretty good, he makes a lot of sense here, and I want to give him credit for that, and so let's go over what Brendan Schaub said. It's better dead than red, you know, which is what Nama Yunus has been saying, because communism, red, Joseph McCarthy, all that bullshit. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Wiley is red, that's what she represents, Schaub said, rereading Nama Yunus's comments. Or she was born in that, and she has no choice, Rose, and you're kind of making this a political thing and Wiley is just trying to better her life which she's stuck in China there's also that there's also huge oppression in China so you should educate yourself on China and the politics of China and not just assume Wiley is for the Chinese government there's that no choice but whatever gets up you up for the fight being a complete monster isn't enough so you got to paint this narrative I mean do you have to find something or you could find something in that she's an absolutely absolute fucking Chinese nightmare and that should get you up not her politics. Has Wiley ever been on record saying, I mean, I guarantee she's not opposed to, she's not going on record being opposed to the Chinese government. Again, Rose, educate yourself and realize that she can't oppose the government. So you have no idea how she feels inside her heart. Be nice if she makes enough money and gets out of China. That's one thing too. Who knows where she's at politically? Stupid to assume. Also, it's stupid to put your past family's history on Wiley Zhang, assuming she's red and she has any political statement or opinion on it, you know? But again, whatever gets you up for the fight. And I love Rose. I was rooting for Rose in this. So, yeah. I mean, this sums things up nicely and it makes a lot of sense and it points out 
the wrongness in this assumption about someone who has never said anything negative about anything that I, I've heard. And in the lead up to this fight, she's been nothing but, uh, she's offered nothing but praise for Nama Yunus, had nothing but good things to say about her. And, and so this narrative gets painted and it's ugly. It makes Rose Nama Yunus look ugly and petty and misdirected and it just is stunningly dumb. It it makes no sense. And yes, bad things happened in Lithuania. We we know that in history. We know that. But the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party had nothing to do with that. It was it was the Soviet Union. They're two separate things. China and the Soviet Union are not the same. And even if it was this individual had nothing to do with it. It's kind of reminds me of the the John McCain thing, but a little a little dumber because McCain had actual was actually tortured by the Vietnamese and so he hated them all his life, which okay, was it misguided? Yes, because not every Vietnamese person was the enemy of of John McCain or of the United States during during the war. But he was tortured. He himself was tortured. And so, all right, I can understand that to a point. But at some point, you can't paint people with that giant brush. You can paint the people that did the damage to you. Paint them with that brush because they physically did that damage. Okay, but don't hate everyone. That's Vietnamese. Don't be racist towards everyone that's Vietnamese because of that. And that's kind of what McCain did. Um, he used racial slurs throughout his life about the Vietnamese, and it was wrong. This is even more wrong because, one, the Chinese people didn't do anything to Nama Yunus or her family, and she's painting everyone in this group, everyone, as a... a, a just a, a America-hating communist. And come on, you can't do that. You can't do that because you don't know, like Shab said here, you don't know what's in her heart and you don't know what's in everyone else's heart. So I want to give Brendan Schaub uh, credit for this. It was uh, the right thing to do, the right thing to say. And hopefully he means it because about a month ago he said he was rooting for Rose because, and I forget who he was in, in the, on the podcast with, because he told the, the other person, you know, he asked that other person, what, are you a communist? So maybe he's had time to think about it. Maybe that was his knee-jerk reaction. Maybe he was joking. But I, I, this one here seems sincere, I, and because it's well thought out. I don't think this is just something that was not pondered by Brendan Schaub. So I want to give Schaub credit for this. Um and it makes a lot of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Um, Ariel Hawani. I wrote a story today for Bloody Elbow. And I'm wondering in that story if Dana White is going to try to influence Ariel Hawani's career with ESPN. And I don't think it's out of line to think that, ask that question, or suggest that it could happen because... White does not like 
Hilwani, and I think it all stems back to that time that he announced a, a Brock Lesnar fight or something to that effect. I don't remember exactly before the UFC could announce it, which say what you want about that how that 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 happened, but if you think it wasn't his place to do that, you're one hundred percent wrong. Ariel Hawani is a journalist. He got a tip. He researched that tip. He got verification on that tip, and he published that and announced that. That's what a journalist does. A journalist doesn't wait for the UFC to to announce it if if they can break that news. They don't do that. You, that's not. You, Ariel Hawani's job wasn't then and isn't now and never has been to toe the line for the UFC. Think what you want. Dana White can think what he wants about that. Fans can think what they want about that. UFC brass can think what they want about that. Not his job. He did what he was supposed to do, and they didn't like it. Tough shit. But as we know, when it comes to pettiness, Dana White is... uh, He's pretty far up there with how petty he can be. And so he, you know, tried to get Hawani banned for life from the UFC. And I'm, from what I understand, was in a lot of ways responsible or had an influence on Hawani getting let go by Fox Sports. And so it's not out of line to think that that could happen here because... We know he still holds a grudge against Helwani. We know he still doesn't like him because he said um, recently when someone asked Helwani about Gina Carano and and Helwani gave his opinion because he was asked about it, White said he that Helwani was a douche and made the thing all about himself, which was not true. He didn't make anything about himself. He, a- he asked answered a question. If anyone made it about themselves, it was White by... By accusing Helwani, he put the bigger attention on the whole thing. Had White not mentioned it, it wouldn't have blown up like that. It was just someone asking Ariel Helwani a question, he answered it. Which, I mean, that's what you do when someone asks you a question. You answer it. And so, again, we know that White still dislikes Helwani. When Helwani moved to the ESPN, he said that he was happy. He said that he didn't think that Fox had his back in that relationship. And when Hawani went to ESPN, the deal had already been signed with the UFC, but it wasn't in play yet. They had a few more months to go before they held their first event. Um, We're three years into Hawani's ESPN career, and his deal expires in June. And there was a story on the New York Post. This is where, where this all came up from, and, and a story in the New York Post that the deal was, the that he didn't get a new deal yet. Could happen, might not happen, don't know. Um, he's allegedly makes a little less than $500,000 a year, which ESPN recently, I think it was in November, uh, cut 500 jobs from the staff. So if they have a team on a UFC team, and I'm going to assume Helwani's probably the biggest moneymaker in that deal that maybe they think with uh, Brett Akamoto and Mark Ramondi they have everything covered. Maybe they think they can cut Helwani out and they can use Daniel Cormier and Chael Sonnen and maybe some other fighters for the podcasts that Helwani works on. Maybe maybe he stays. I don't know. But um, Andrew Marchand, who wrote the story, said that 
John Skipper and Dan Lebatard might be interested in Hawani's podcast, which I think that would be a good fit. Um, he said that maybe he could go to CBS Sports, which I don't think that would happen because I think they're happy with the team they have, and I don't think they need an, any additional people right now, maybe down the line. Um, and then he said that maybe he could go to Substack and, and go the subscription route, which I I don't know. The problem in all these is that Hawani is with ESPN right now. ESPN has a deal with the UFC. Dana White has to play nice somewhat with, with Hawani. Um, and and so he, he, he needs to do that. If Hawani goes elsewhere, I, what I think is going to happen is Dana White plays hardball and maybe tries to influence the fighters and the managers to not appear on Hawani's shows, to cut his access. And the we know the UFC wants, like, loves to cut people's access. That pisses them off. And I think without access, I think that, I think that really hurts Hawani's uh, brand. Um, he's been, and that's not, to, that's not any negative on Errol Hawani. That's just kind of what his thing has been. He's been the guy that gets interviews, gets big names, gets big-time interviews that other people can't get. If he doesn't have that access, that's going to hurt him, and that's going to hurt a potential for subscribers. Another thing I didn't like about this story was that it was unclear in the story that um, the number of social media follows that Helwani has. He has about 2 million total, but that is on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. So you got to think there's a pretty large overlap there. So that was kind of misleading um, in in the number of subscriptions he could reach. And are, are UFC fans going to follow Helwani if he doesn't have access to the fighters, if he's more or less just offering opinion? I don't know. I think he'll get a good number out, out of the gate. But if the access isn't there and... It's mostly opinion and not a lot of interviews and reporting, then that could fall off. And that's why I don't think I don't think the Substack way is the way to go for Ariel Hawani. But I wouldn't be surprised if his deal with ESPN is not uh, re-signed or if it's re-signed at a lower rate because I think that Dana White's going to try and use his influence here. And... One thing I that makes me nervous about all this is that when White said that about Hawani, ESPN staff spoke up pretty quickly in support of Hawani. Some MMA media did, not a lot from what I remember. Um, and then ESPN itself took three days to, res to respond. And when they did, it was a pretty tepid response. And it was, was it? Um, Ariel is a valued colleague and an exceptional MMA reporter. His record speaks for itself. That was it. So when you think about the least ESPN could do, that's close to the least they could do. They were three days late and just kind of a lukewarm response. So that makes me think ESPN has the UFC ahead of their employee in this case. And that's not a surprise because... We know that ESPN has done some, let's say, curious things 
around NFL reporting because of the deal it has with NFL. It, it backed out of the concussion um, stories and the concussion uh, documentaries that were being made. And it's it's done some things as what could appear as favors for some of the sports it covers because it has deals with those sports. And if it has a deal with UFC, and we know it has a big deal with UFC, and the UFC is probably the main driver right now of the ESPN Plus subscription policy package, you can bet that they're going to consider what Dana White thinks and feels about personnel decisions under the MMA slash UFC broadcasting for um, the ESPN product. So this is an interesting thing to follow if this kind of thing is, is your bag. And I'm just kind of shocked. Uh, I'm kind of shocked. And I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. I honestly don't know. Um, I'd be surprised if Hawani didn't get a pay cut if he does sign or is offered. And I'm not going to be surprised if he is not offered or if he decides to leave or if he's kind of um, asked, to, asked to leave indirectly by super lowball offer or, or something of, of that nature. So it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be worth following. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting, though, that's for sure. Um I think that's all I have. Uh, I might do some fight picks tomorrow, maybe some shorts, short some short fight picks. Um, but I'm going to be moving into concentrating on UFC 261 shortly. But yeah, we'll see. Um, so until tomorrow, maybe or after UFC Vegas 24, I'll be back then. Until then, everyone stay safe. <laughs>